Bienvenidos a Somos Pasionarias. Welcome to Somos Pasionarias, where we talk about women who are changing lives and leaving legacies by pursuing their passions. My name is Nena Contreras Barnett. I'm a pasionaria and your host. Juntas, Somos Pasionarias. Join me to meet some amazing women and explore what it means to live your passions and realize your dreams. Pasionarias, welcome to the first ever episode of Somos Pasionarias. I am absolutely delighted to have a special guest join me today, my beautiful daughter Acacia, joining me from Santa Fe, New Mexico, to tell you all about the woman who started this all, the woman who inspired this podcast and my blog, San Antonio labor leader, La Pasionaria, Emma Tenayuca. Join us to hear about what drove her and how she impacted the city of San Antonio and its labor forces, and why her passion continues to inspire me today. Vámonos, juntas somos pasionarias. Welcome, pasionarias. I am so excited to have my special guest today to help me kick off my first episode ever of Somos Pasionarias. And I have with me my beautiful firstborn daughter, Acacia Barnett, who lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I invited her to come and join me because I want to talk about um, the the woman that really inspired all of this, that um, that really I have, I've been inspired to just really base my life on her vision. And, um, and that's kind of what inspired Somos Pasionarias. So um, today is actually the 84th anniversary of the pecan sheller strike. Um, and so, um, so we thought it was a perfect time. It was actually yesterday, sorry. Yesterday was the 84th anniversary of the pecan sheller strike. And we thought that it would be a great time for us to kick off my podcast. Um, but unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties. And so um, we are now the day after. So welcome, Acacia. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So I'm just so glad to have you be a part of this and I'm really excited. So let me go ahead and tell my audience for um, those of you that don't know anything about Emma. Um, and I call her Emma like she is my old friend. Um, but I'm actually talking about Emma Tenayuca, who was a labor leader here in San Antonio in the 1930s. So Emma was born in 1916 um, here on the west side of San Antonio, which is actually kind of where I live now. Um, it's a primarily Hispanic community, and she attended Brackenridge High School. And from the get-go, she excelled in academics and athletics. Um, she just always had this natural-born leadership quality. And so she did so well. Um, when she um, graduated, though, she started getting involved in activism. And this was about the time of the Great Depression. Um, Hispanics were struggling in this community. Uh, she said that the, that really the first time that she got involved in a strike, that she wasn't really thinking about workers' rights, that she was just thinking, I got to get some food. And this is what's standing in the way of my family's needs. So um, so she got in, involved in a strike at the H.W. Fink Cigar Company. And then after that, she um, kind of springboarded from there into working with other organizers, including LULAC and the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. But she started getting frustrated over their lack of effort um, to focus directly on the community that 
that she felt such a part of here on the west side of San Antonio and and really not seeing the changes that she wanted to see. So she started getting involved with some more left-leaning groups and then worked together with some other leaders to organize all of those groups into a coalition called the Workers' Alliance. And it was through that Workers' Alliance that in 1938, she led the largest strike in San Antonio history when she led at first thousands and then eventually 12,000, sorry, at first hundreds, and then eventually 12,000 pecan industry workers to walk off their jobs, protesting the low wages and the difficult working conditions that were involved in the pecan shelling industry. And one of my favorite pictures of Emma was during that strike. Um, She was on the steps of San Antonio City Hall with her hand raised in protest against injustice. And there was a crowd lined up behind her uh, at the front doors of the City Hall. And then there was another crowd of um, reporters and and supporters that were at her feet. So it just felt like she had so many people that were following her, but also so many people that were joining her. So I love that photo. Um, so, Acacia, tell me a little bit about the first memory that you have of Emma. Um, so I was eight years old when she passed and um, you actually learned of her passing in the newspaper. And we found out that they were holding a vigil for her at this um, uh, on the um, in Southtown, um, which was was it is it a a laundromat at the time, um, but it used to be the um, factory that she had worked at. It it used to be, it was a laundromat, but it was kind of like the neighborhood bodega, and um, and it actually is about to become the new location of Isla Brewery, oh, and okay. um, they have promised that they're going to keep the mural and and keep her legacy alive, um, but. It, it's it's kind of in the heart of that community right there, um, just right by the riverbank, honestly. Well, it's a beautiful mural, and it's painted on the side of the building and um, is really visible, visible. And when we went, there were flowers on the sidewalk and candles and people just there to mourn her and celebrate her life and her legacy. Um, so it was kind of amazing just to see, you know, the people of San Antonio turn out for this hero. And, you know, that really inspired you to look a lot, look into her life a lot more. And, you know, we, um, we learned a lot about her through you. So this was 1999. Like you said, you were eight years old and um, I had always raised you guys as readers. And so um, when I started sharing what I was learning about Emma, you know, you guys were, were just as enthralled by her story. And, and I remember telling you guys all about her story and about her family. Um, and it just kind of triggered something in me. Once I, I learned, the more I learned about her, um, the more that she just kind of became a part of me. Um, so tell me a little bit about how that impacted you growing up. Um, Well, I think especially because I learned about her when, you know, I was so young, Um, you know, Emma Thanayoka was only, she was really, really young when she led these strikes. I think she was in her early 20s, mid 20s, Um, but it was kind of amazing to see someone who was that young and a woman who was that young 
really just, you know, being a leader for her community and, you know, bringing about massive change for that community. And when you think about that time period, 1933, um, you didn't have a lot of women leaders. And, um, you know, she was standing up to men, specifically to men in the city government here in San Antonio, to the um, to the male owners of the cigar company, of the pecan company. And she wasn't afraid of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's just one of the most amazing things about her. And um, yeah, I think just her her fearlessness was really inspiring at that time. So did you start to identify that passionaria spirit, that fearlessness in other women that you admire? I think so. I mean, kind of seeing, you know, other women who, you know, advocate and act for their community and are, you know, willing to take the initiative and, you know, sometimes speak over men to make this change really happen. Um, you know, those are those are the women that I was really looked up to um, growing up. Can you give me some examples? Um, let's see. Um, let me think about that a little bit. Okay. Well, the one that I was thinking about, and we talked about this yesterday, was mm -hmm. that so many of my um, of my students were doing uh, rhetorical analysis right now, and several of them selected Malala's uh, speech to the United Nations, and she mm -hmm. was 16 years old when she gave that speech. And again, you know, without fear, speaking to heads of state from you know all over the world, and she had no fear about sharing her story and making her needs met. Um, so that's the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a lot of, you know, contemporary heroes um, like that female contemporary heroes. I mean, you think of like Greta Thunberg and, you know, the movement that she's led that's become a worldwide movement um, to, you know, fight against climate change. Um, so, yeah, girls are making things happen. So what about you? How are you making things happen? How how did Emma's legacy inspire you in your career? Um, well, I think it really kind of pushed me into the nonprofit sector and, you know, wanting to have, uh, have you know, a voice um, to be able to impact and improve our communities. And um, I was able to do that at the Lensic, um, where, you know, we, uh, we're a performing arts center for the community. Um, but we have, we're also a nonprofit. So it's really important to us that, you know, our doors are open to everybody within the community. And, um, so it's been kind of, kind of amazing to see, you know, how we've been able to broaden our audience and, you know, really provide outreach for students. And um, yeah, so even just being a little part of that um, is really amazing for me. And uh, I, I think about just the way that you guys are, are um, sharing what the Lensic has to offer with the local schools. And um, your community is not very different from the community that Emma grew up in. I mean, you have you do have some pretty wealthy sectors there in Santa Fe. And thankfully, you know, that, that of course is, is your donor base. Um, but you really have um, a lot of, of lower income communities surrounding 
the main downtown area of Santa Fe. And you guys are actually taking those artists and taking them out into the schools and then bringing the kids in to the Lensic where they, you know, might never get an opportunity to be able to afford tickets and, um, and you're bringing them to these quality shows that you guys stage. So I, I thank you for that. So. Yeah. Well, it's really uh, so exciting to, to take part in. Good, good. Um, so one of the highlights of my life um, that I want to, to uh, address here was when I met labor leader Dolores Huerta and she was, I don't even rem remember how old she was, but she was pretty old up there. And, um, and I remember going to this um, speech that I found out about that day. I think you were the one that told me about it. And she was going to be speaking at um, St. Philip's college. And I got an opportunity after that to stand up, uh, to go up to the stage and stand in line and get to meet her. And I remember telling her about the tomato plant babysitters that my parents, when they were, when they were working the fields in Northern Mexico as brand new immigrants to the United States, they would lay us down in between the tomato plants so that they could work a row and then move us down when they get to the next row. And so that, that, um, smell and feel of the tomato plants has always been something that stuck with me. So I told her all about that. And um, I'll never forget the way that she smiled, the way that she um, held my hands. And I remember that she sent you a birthday message. She did. That was wonderful. Yeah. So I, I, I hope you save that on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, have you ever had that same opportunity and you could meet, have met Emma? What would you have told her if you had met her before she passed in 1999? Um, I think I would have just tell her how much I admired her drive and her spirit and, you know, really everything that she did within her life to bring about this great change in the city. And, you know, I really think that there's been just, you know, a ripple effect of, you know, the lives that she changed by leading that strike and, you know, how so many families within San Antonio have been impacted since. Um, so, you know, I just kind of thank her for that work that she did. And I tell everybody that the one thing that I want you and your sister Danica and, um, my niece, Jessica, and my grandchildren to remember me by is that I want, I want you to be able to say that I was a passionaria like Emma. So what does that mean to you to be a passionaria like her? Um, just you're not willing to, or you're willing to do what needs to be done to, you know, follow your passions and, um, you know, really just ignite change. And I think that you're, you know, you're also a definitely a leader um, for, you know, not just me and my sister and my cousin, but also, you know, for the students that you uh, reach each and every day. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. I shared the intro to the podcast with a couple of them this morning, and they were really excited about it. So um, I'm really hoping that through this podcast that I can bring to my audience the stories of so many more passionarias, um, women that I meet, and I'm like, you're just like Emma. You have that that fire and that drive. Um, so we'll be meeting a few of those in the next couple of weeks. So I appreciate you joining me, Acacia, and, um, and kicking off this podcast, being a part of it. 
Um, you know that you and your sister inspire me every day by your drive and your passions. And, um, and so I really look forward to um, sharing these stories with you guys. Yay. Well, I really look forward to listening. Okay. Thank you, honey. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Pasionarias, for joining us today. I look forward to sharing more stories of women driven by their passions, changing lives, and leading us by example. May we all continue to be Pasionarias, lifting each other up and cheering each other on as we follow our dreams. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. And follow me on social at, at @somospasionarias so we can get to know each other. Sigan adelante con pasión.